When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And today it is our prediction podcast where we look ahead to the Browns and Bears matchup Sunday at First Energy Stadium. It's Mary Kay Cabot, Doug Maurice, Scott Patsko, and I'm making our predictions. Uh, now, I got to tell you about Football Insider. I tell you about it every single time, but I don't know why you haven't signed up yet. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page. You get a newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day. I actually wrote today's newsletter, so if you're not a subscriber, you missed it. You get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns, and you can be one of our text subscribers. So again, go to cleveland.com slash Browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. Okay. Let's make some predictions. Browns-Bears, Sunday, First Energy Stadium. Here we go. Uh, A lot going on in this game with Odell Beckham possibly coming back. Justin Fields going to be starting for the Chicago Bears, making his first start. Uh, And, of course, the Browns trying to move to 2-1 and uh, before they hit the road for a couple games in in a row. So let's get to it. Scott, why don't you lead us off with your first prediction for this game? All right, well, I'm going to dive right into Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, let's do an over-under. Let's assume that he plays, and we're going to do an over-under on snaps for ODJ in this game. And I'm going to set it at 25. Um, now, the Browns have had two guys both weeks, top 40 uh, snaps, DPJ and Higgins in week, well, last week, and then DPJ and Landry in week one. Schwartz was the third guy on the, both those lists. He had 30 and 31 snaps in the first two games. So OBJ, I'm thinking, falls into that range. That's why I put it at like 25. Um, before I heard him talk today, I would have said over. But after I heard him talk, I'm thinking under, like just under maybe. I'm thinking in that 20 to 25 range. Uh, it, I just – came away from that thinking if he's out there, it's just caution city and they really want to take it easy and then see how he reacts. So I'm going to go with the under on 25 snaps for OBJ. I'm going to say under two, um, because that would be, that would be just a little like 25 would be just a little bit under half probably. Um, Yeah. So I think they do play it safe. I think they've been so careful to this point to just throw him out there for like 50 snaps just doesn't seem like on brand for this team. Unless, unless they've just really honestly been slow playing it so much to the point that he's ready to go, you know, full go this week. I I think the under is relatively safe here. Yeah. I was going to look up um, how many snaps, do you guys know how many snaps Grant Delpit had um, last week? I can look it up real quick unless uh, somebody has access to the game book here. I don't have that game book. I think in it's front in of me. the teens. Um, and he's sort of, you know, in somewhat of a similar situation where uh, he was coming off the ruptured Achilles and they did put him on a pitch count. So it's not outlandish to think that they will have Odell on a pitch count. And I thought the interesting, one of the interesting things he said today was the fact that uh, they targeted him to come back onto the field in 11 months after his surgery and he's at 10 and a half months right now. Now he's ahead of schedule and he feels really good about everything, but if he does play, I do think that, um, you know, that they will keep him on that pitch count. So I think I'm, I think I'm going to take, I think I'm going to take the slight under, I mean, I could see 24, uh, but I do think that he will be somewhat limited. Well, here's, here's the wrinkle. Delpit played 26, 61. So right there on that number, Scott, you but, put a good number out there. Yeah, he also had 13 special team snaps. So altogether, you know, he he went over 30. Yeah. Were all of you somewhat? Were you were swayed by the way Odell talked about it on Thursday that it made you think, oh, I think they're going to be even maybe more cautious than I previously believed before that news conference. 
No, I, I wouldn't. I don't feel that way. Okay. The news, the press conference didn't change anything about the way that I feel about what he's going to do in this game on Sunday. I, I thought he was going to play. I still think he's going to play. I thought he was going to be on somewhat of a pitch count. I still think he probably will be. Um, so it didn't change anything for me. I'm going to flip. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say 30. <laughs> I'm flipping. All right, Doug, what about you? It, do you th- do we think it's possible that they would like need him to play more to win? And And if so, say it's, you know, if they're down – 21 to 10 in the middle of the third quarter, would that make them play him more or do they just have to stick to the plan and the game goes how it goes and we can't add to his snaps just because we need a touchdown? Here, here's the thing. When you're coming back from a, a torn ACL, I think the risk of pulling a hamstring is probably pretty high. Uh, so for that reason, I think they will allow his body to acclimate to full speed, full contact, you know, full on sprint, whatever the case may be. I don't think they're going to be in a situation. Maybe they will be. I don't know that they're going to be in a situation where they need him to win, but I do think that the bears are going to double team him and go be very tough on him. And they're going to be very, very physical with him. And I think they need to protect him a little bit from some of that. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. I'd be surprised if that was the case, if they they put him in for that kind of situation. I was shocked last year when they they realized that they hadn't thrown to him yet in the first game of the year against the Ravens. I think it got to the nearly – it was in the second quarter and he didn't even have a target. And then it seemed like right after everybody in the press box realized that, boom – Stefanski throws a, a wide receiver screen to Beckham, which is a play they almost never use, or at least didn't last year. That seemed like a force, but I don't think they've been so cautious. I don't think they would go beyond something like that and say, all right, we need to get him the ball in this key situation of the game. Let's put him back in there. Yeah, he's played 25, 30 snaps so far, but, you know, so – Forget about all that, and we need to win. I, that would shock me if this Stefanski did that. So Saquon Barkley was coming off an ACL too, right? Didn't he have an ACL last yeah. year? That was his deal. So Saquon Barkley, week one this year, played 29 snaps. Week two, he played 58. So would you guys think that that's part of it too, that like it's just the first time they're just going to see what's up, and then maybe next week is if all, if all goes well, that's when you get back to let it rip, play normal. I would. I I could see that. Yep. Yeah, I I would do that because you have to make sure that, I mean, you know, there might, again, still be the whatever, the tiniest little bit of scar tissue. If you're going to completely open it up, if you're going to take contact, if your whole body is going to take, you know, take a hit that you haven't really taken yet. Um, I just think there are a lot of things to to consider when. And the other thing. You guys, is that even though he is a freak of nature, he's going to turn 29 this year, which in receiver years is you're you're starting to get up there a little bit because of some of the hits you take and some of the contact and some of that sort of stuff. So he's not, you know, Grant Delpit is whatever, 22, 23 years old. Saquon Barkley, still super young. Odell starting to get up there a little tiny bit in football years. All right, I'll take the over. <laughs> all right. I, I, I believe all the stuff you guys saying. I just wonder, it's like, they don't have Jarvis. And not that they're going to throw caution to the wind, but they just might, I could see them like slightly pushing it further than they plan to. And that if they said it, they would really like to have him in the 20s and he plays 33 because it's going okay. And man, they could use a play on third down. So I'll go slide over. And as everyone can hear, we all are expecting Odell Beckham to actually play on uh, on Sunday against the Bears. It is certainly we have none of us have heard anything to to make us think any differently. You're leading up. Alex Van Pelt did say it would probably be a game time decision, but um, we'll, we'll kind of see. It would be weird if he was full at practice three days in a row and they listed him as questionable tomorrow. So we'll see it or today when, when you're listening to this. All right, Mary Kay, what do you have? Well, I was going to go Odell, too, so we might as well just stick with this theme right now. Uh, I'm, my prediction uh, is going to be 
that uh, Odell catches a 40-plus yard TD pass from Baker Mayfield. 40-plus yard TD from Baker Mayfield in this football game. And we got to remember, Baker Mayfield, I don't think they're going to back him off the way they did last week when they didn't know if he had structural damage in the, in the left shoulder. Now they know he doesn't. So I, I think they'll let him air it out a little bit more. Um, and I think that they're probably probably going to go deep to Odell. I think we're going to see Odell and Anthony Schwartz, that double dose of speed that I wrote about and didn't happen in the Kansas City game. Uh, but I think you'll see those two guys on the field at the same time, getting behind the defense, and Odell's going to catch one of those for 40-plus. So, Ellis, is, is Ellis getting married this weekend? He's not getting married, <laughs> is he? Right? No. Not, that, not that we know of. No, he's at his, he's at his 12th wedding, though, yeah. since last year. It's like he's in, like, <laughs> Minnesota wedding, wedding tour. He's, he's getting he, he's getting caught up on all those those COVID weddings that, that didn't happen. Uh, oh, because he said it, he said a text about putting on a tux, and I was like, <laughs> I feel like a <laughs> bad colleague if I don't know that he's getting married. Okay, so Ellis isn't here. All you guys, everybody watches film. Did 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 do we not think that there have been times that Odell has been here with Baker when maybe he has been open or available for some shots that maybe Baker has been slightly reluctant to let it go. And so I like this one, Mary Kay, because to me, it's not about like forcing anything with Baker and Odell and taking deep shots. It's maybe just taking the things that maybe have been there before that, you know, it's like, Oh, Baker just didn't quite think it was there and didn't want to risk it, whatever. And I think Baker has grown so much that I, I could see something like this. And, and to what you were saying, Scott, about like sort of forcing the thing to him against the Ravens last year in week one, like we've seen what it looks like when they force stuff to Odell. But I think if you take what's there when it's available, then you don't have to force it. I think when you maybe are a little reluctant to let it go to Odell, then it's like, man, I should have tried that. Now I owe him one. Now we've got to force it. And you get trapped in the cycle. I, I think they have a much better chance to stay out of that cycle. And that involves given Odell a shot on some of these deep balls when I think he's won routes in his time here and not gotten the ball. So I could see him winning one Mary Kay Baker being right on the same page with him and your prediction here coming true. So I'll take it. I'm, I'm there with you. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott, what do you think? I'll go ahead. And, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and take this. I think, I mean, no matter how many snaps he's out there, that's something you got to test. It's something you have to try. It's one of his best assets and something that was definitely missing last week. Uh, I think they had just one deep target all game for Baker. So, yeah, I think those targets are going to be attempted, and that alone gives it a good possibility of happening. But then there's also the fact that when you hit him short, he's able to weave his way through things and turn it into, you know, play into a punt return and, and score. So I think, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and say true. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, they always say fade the public. So maybe that's what I should do here, but this one just seems too easy. Doesn't it? Like it just <laughs> seems too easy. Like the third play of the game, they almost, you know, they've got something in that script dialed up to get Odell open deep and get those 70,000 fans going and, and get that Baker Odell connection going. It just seems, it seems too easy that they would just plan something in that script to maybe get Odell deep early. And, and then, you know, obviously it doesn't have to happen early in the game. It could happen later, but it just feels like that's something they would, they would try early on. So maybe, maybe I we'll should have said 60 plus, maybe, maybe I didn't go bold <laughs> enough. Well, with the, my prediction. The, the touchdown is kind of the wrinkle here though. Cause what if it's just like a 45 yarder down to like the 20 or, or something like that. But yeah, yeah it, it there's going to, I feel like there's going to be a deep shot to Odell early in this game. Yeah. Through the first, like I say, through the first six games last season, when he was healthy, uh, he was, he had 42 targets of 20 yards or more. Uh, and that rank, that was tied for 16th in the league. 65 was, was first. So he, you know, it's kind of in there in that, that group that's, that's really seeing a lot of, a lot of deep targets. So, so yeah, I think I'm liking my answer even more. <laughs> could, could we also see say it, it's like uh, I like making up fake stuff 
the say it's like 28 14 Browns with like eight minutes to play and they're in Chubb locks it down mode. Right. And they've just been running the ball and they, you know, they give it to Chubb again and he gets seven yards and it's like the sixth play of a drive and it's second and three. And it's like, up, oh, they're just going to roll it. And then it's like play action. And, Oh, there's the thing to Odell. Like they, right. When you thought like Stefanski's like, yeah, this is guess what? Odell's back, like reminding everybody people will be jumping out of the upper deck. If you think they're in Nick Chubb, lock it down mode and they take a shot to Odell. So I like the idea, Dan, of I'm doing it early, but I also think there just would be value in it that, that goal one win. I, I'm not sure. It's not that goal two after number one is locked down is have Odell Beckham leave this game feeling good about life. And so maybe if it doesn't come early, man, I would really try it late then if you need to, because I think it would do it would serve everybody very well if you can make it happen. And that's what this offense is all about. I mean, the you know, the bootleg keeper game, uh, you know, going through all of that and then hitting the big shot downfield. That that's what this is all about, creating those moments to hit the big play. And Odell Beckham Jr. is the prototypical big play receiver that should absolutely shine and excel in those moments so uh you know that this is the way that it's drawn up uh, on the whiteboard and this is the way this is what they practice so let's let's see if if they can put it out on the grass in a game i actually i need need to retract what i what i said before i was looking at total targets deep targets he had eight through the first six weeks but still that's 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 in that range of like there was eight to ten uh 16 was the leader, but I still like my, I still like, it. I think he's obviously uh, no one else on, no one else here is in the top 50 for the Browns. So he's the guy, I mean, he's the guy they're going to be looking to throw along to and having Schwartz out there too, I think gives him a chance to maybe see single coverage on something like that. I don't know, mm-hmm. or at least not have a safety so quick to roll over to his side. Um, real quick before we move on, does anybody have a Baker, a Baker one on their list? Because uh, I want to have a real quick. I want to have a quick Baker just so you have one, Mary Kay. Okay, then we'll, I do. Then we will. I mean, uh, we can, we'll no, we can go Baker now. I mean, if you, if you want to have the Baker talk now, let I don't care. All right, Mary Kay, you're going back to back here. Give us All your right. uh, give us your prediction. You know, I, this is a little bit of a negative prediction, and I feel a little bit bad about that. But um, but I have another interception for Baker in this game, just because I think this, there's a couple of reasons why I think that could happen. Um, And that is, this is a very aggressive defense, very, very aggressive. They have a good defensive front. I think they're going to get some pressure. I think they're going to blitz. Uh, And um, I also think, as we talked about before, there still are some younger players. I mean, not everybody out there is going to be Odell Beckham Jr. So you still are probably going to be occasionally throwing the ball to some of the younger guys. And uh, I, I think there, there could be a chance for another interception. They picked off Joe Burrow three times last week on three straight drives. And Baker is so intent on not throwing a pick this week and, and protecting the ball. But I, I, st- I, I think it has a decent chance of happening. Yeah, so, so with Baker, there's there's been two interceptions, right? There was the one against Kansas City, which we've litigated a number of times. And then there was this, this weird one last week that might have been on Anthony Schwartz, or maybe Anthony Schwartz should have made a better effort to break it up or, or something, something weird there. The reason I wanted to ask about Baker, and Mary Kay, you touched on this a little bit, is um, – with the no structural damage, they might not protect him as much, but is it still something we should keep an eye on going into this game as to whether they might put some mechanisms in there to at least make sure Baker doesn't get hit? Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I mean, you know, you want to be careful, but I do think that it, as long as he's getting all this treatment and he feels really good and there's not uh, any kind of structural damage in there, I think they'll feel pretty confident uh, to run a full Baker game plan. I, I don't. I, I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, I, I could see them dialing things back, though. I, there's nothing wrong with putting together 12, 13 play drives that, you know, move down the field, throwing to your tight ends and and, and using Chubb and Hunt 
the Browns, the Browns offense is ranked first in DVOA and also first in rushing. Um, they're just, they've been really efficient that way. And even though he threw downfield a lot against the chiefs, uh, there was definitely a, a kind of a, a system that was working against the Texans, take out some of those turnovers, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think I could see that happening. Um, but again, you have Odell out there and I think you have to at least try and see what you can get with him and Schwartz. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't, you know, make it look like that Chiefs game. I think the thing to remember about the Chiefs game though, and I've said this before, uh, and, and I, I hate to always be the bearer of bad news, but I do think it's a different ball game with Teron Matthew in there. I mean, if you're talking about the equivalent of the quality of defensive player, to me, that would be for the Browns taking, you guys tell me if I'm overstating it, it's almost like taking miles off the field for the Browns. Is that overstating Teron Matthew being off the field for the Chiefs? I know it's not an apples to apples comparison. I mean, he's, he's either their best or their second best defensive player. I think he's their best defensive player. They also have Chris Jones, who's kind of their Miles Garrett. Um, right. I, Chris Jones isn't as good as Miles Garrett, but he, he can wreck games as, as we saw in week one when they were moving him on the edge. Um, he caused some problems. So, yeah, I mean, if we're talking who their best, def- taking your best defensive player off the field, then yeah, I think taking Teron Matthew out of there is a, is a big problem for them. Right. And the reason why I, I state that is because they went from, you know, they're without two of their best defensive players in, in Matthew and Clark, and then they move on to the Texans after that. And I understand first in DVOA, but I don't know if they're first in DVOA, if that Kansas City Chiefs game, if they had had Matthew and Clark in that game. Doug, what do you think? Is it another interception for Baker this week? I don't know. I, I think he makes pretty good decisions. I think, you know, there are situations where he feels like he's forcing something. I, I could see that if they do keep it dialed back a little bit with him, you know, just make sure they don't push anything too much that he's, you know, he takes a couple deep shots to Odell. I mean, a lot of times, like, you know, deep shots aren't risky, right? I mean, it's like, it's try it if it's there, but it's probably going to be incomplete. I, I could see that maybe it's a lot of tight end stuff and then some shots to Odell and that maybe he's just not in a position where he really has to even get close to throwing a pick. So I, I actually would maybe lean away from that in part because they might just kind of tamp it down with him. You know, another thing to consider is once again, we really don't know exactly how that chemistry is going to go between Odell and Baker. Um, but what we do know is that a lot of Baker's interceptions have been on passes intended for Odell Beckham Jr. And that uh, was largely because Odell was still kind of trying to do his own thing a little bit at times. And that is not going to fly in this offense. You have got to be on the mark. And that has been driven home uh, very, very uh, intensely in terms of Alex Van Pelt. Anytime I've ever tried to say those two guys need, need to give an in, both give an inch to come together, uh, it, it always comes back like, no, mm-mm. Baker doesn't have to give anything. Odell has to be the one that has to be where he needs to be exactly where he needs to, when he needs to be there. Look what happened on uh, his torn ACL. I mean, those guys were not even close to being on the same page on that play. So that's another reason why, um, you know, I think there, there could be a chance that, you know, there might be a little miscue, you know, not just because of the younger guys, but you have to make sure that Baker and Odell are exactly on the same page. All right, Doug, give us your first. All right. My mind is that, Miles Garrett will sack Justin Fields twice and Justin Fields will throw two touchdown passes that make you go, mm, that was pretty good. Cause to me, that's the Justin that I watched for two years at Ohio state. He's going to make his first start against the bears. I think he's an extraordinary quarterback talent. He was incredibly accurate at Ohio state in a way that I didn't expect when he first got here. I thought he was going to throw some picks when he got here. He just did not throw many picks his first year Threw a couple more, his second year here, but he's a playmaker. And I've liked that about him. He, he does not want to get rid of the ball. And I, he's, he's making his first NFL start on the road against a guy like he's, I, he's not going to be happy to just like, Oh, here comes miles. Let me, let me get rid of this. Right. He's going to try to spin away and make a play. And I think sometimes he will, 
because he's that kind of player that he has a chance to make a big play. And then guess what? Sometimes Miles is going to get him. So I do think this is actually a kind of quarterback that I, I would expect Justin to make some mistakes as a young quarterback. I would expect him to make some big plays and I would expect him to have some moments where he thinks, Hey, I could escape a rush because against Minnesota and Rutgers and Indiana in the big 10, you could escape it. And now it's miles Garrett chasing you. So then you have to learn that. So if we've been, I think this is a chance for miles to actually have a big game because this is not Tyrod Taylor. Who's going to be like, Nope, I'm getting rid of it. You can't get to me. Justin wants to make plays. So I think he will. And I also think miles will get to him. So two sacks by miles, two big touchdowns where Justin shows the flashes of what he can be down the road. Right, Doug, I'm, I'm going to throw mine on top of yours too. So you've got two sacks for miles and two touchdowns for fields. And one of mine was who will have more sacks this week, miles Garrett or Khalil Mack. They each have one. Um, so we can, we can probably combine those two. I'm guessing you're going to say that Garrett is going to have more, but yeah, the reason I think Garrett could have a big game is, just what you were saying. I mean, Fields is a young quarterback. We see it all the time with young quarterbacks. They try to do too much. And sometimes that pocket collapses while they're trying to do too much. And that's when these guys get caught up and sacked. So, yeah, I, I think this is a really a chance for Garrett's sort of a tone for last week. And, you know, he's a little extra motivated, I'm sure, after last week and hearing everybody talk about his game. So, yeah, I, I like the Garrett two sacks. Why not? Let's go ahead and give Fields two touchdowns. I think it could happen. Do they have to be passing touchdowns or can it be like one pass? No, no, yeah, no, that'd be good. Yeah, let's hedge on that because that dude can move around and, and make some plays with his legs too. So, yeah, let's make it two total at least. Yeah, so so I like that one. And I, I also think Garrett ends up with more than – I think Mac maybe gets Baker once, but I think Garrett ends up this, – this is kind of Garrett's maybe not breakout game, but this is the like, oh, yeah, Miles Garrett game. Yeah, Justin Fields time to throw last week, 3.37 seconds, which was the second highest right after Jalen Hurts and right above Zach Wilson. Um, Justin Fields had to scramble four times. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to – I would be – I would think if he's going to score uh, multiple times – is that what you're saying, two touchdown throws? Just well, we just touchdowns. said two touchdowns total. Two touchdowns? Justin. Yeah, I would guess that if one of those would probably be running, scrambling, trying to create something and, you know, escaping. But um, I'm going to say no. I just – I think you guys are right in saying that this could be the game that gets the defensive line and just pressure in general on the right path. Um, I just that's, – that's a long time to, to hold the ball. And I know it worked in, at Ohio State, but bad things are going to happen. You hold the ball that long and uh, whether it's sacks or interceptions and it's not like he's rolling out and doing a bunch of play action like Baker does. I and mean, those guys are holding the ball because they're holding the ball. So I would say I would take the under if we're, we're going to do it that way. This is a good one. I really like this. I like the the synergy between the sacks and the touchdowns and uh, there's a, there's a lot there. Um but uh, yeah, I do think that Miles wants to get untracked. I do think that um, that, like you said, with Justin Fields wanting to, to hang on to the ball a little bit and make a play uh, and that timing that you're throwing out there with the three point three seven seconds, Scott, that's really going to lend itself uh, to Miles getting home. And I just uh, watched Miles very closely in practice. In fact, if I can if I can send out a little bit later, uh, just this one explosive rep he took. Uh, he's, he's going to be playing with his hair on fire in front of the home crowd on Sunday. Okay. Sometimes miles needs to have a little fire lit under him. And I think this is the week, uh, where he's going to say, oh yeah, uh, don't forget about me. And plus sometimes when you have some other guys, uh, across, across the way, like a Khalil Mack, you know, you want to show what you're all about. So I I'm cool with those two sacks by miles. Justin Fields, two touchdowns seems like a little bit much to me. Just when I, you know, look at his 27.7 rating from last week and you think, oh my God, you like this defense is going to wake up and he's going to, you know, be the victim of it. Um, but I don't know, as long as we're giving him one with his legs potentially and one with his arm, then, then I can live with that. So I kind of like this. This is a really good one. 
so I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go yes on the two and yes on the two. It's, it's worth noting, too, that um, Allen Robinson, of all people, Allen Robinson, who's been waiting for a good quarterback to come into his life, dropped what would have been a touchdown pass from Justin Fields in that game. Yeah. Can, I, can I ask a quick piece of advice about something for this weekend that is related to Justin Fields? And you guys can give me an honest answer here because I'm trying to work this out. So my daughter is a senior in high school. She's leaving the nest next year. I'll never have this opportunity again. She loves football. She loves football. And she loves Justin and she loves the Browns. She has a Chubb jersey and she has a Justin Fields high school jersey, which is pretty cool. It's like they had this thing. I was in the store and they have the NFL players, their high school jerseys, which is kind of cool. So she really wants to go to the game. She's been targeting this. Like, is Justin going to play? And I was like, man, they're playing Andy Dalton. He's not going to play. And then it's like, Andy Dalton's hurt. She's like, we have to go. But I'm like, I'm a professional journalist. I, what do you mean? It's like, nobody else can really take her. I'm thinking about like sitting in the stands with her and then like coming and trying to do stuff and like write stuff. Also, it makes me feel unprofessional, but I don't know when we can do it again. She's a senior in high school. It's the Browns and it's Justin. She wants to wear the Justin Jersey for one half, the Chubb Jersey for the other half. (laughs) I'm worried if I'm sitting with her in the stands and she's wearing a Justin Fields Jersey, people are going to throw things at us. Do you, can I sit with her in the stands and still cover the game? And is it okay if she wears a Fields jersey from high school for half of it? And, and to tell me no. Tell me no if I shouldn't do it. I, I say it's absolutely fine to sit with her in the stands. And I say forget work. She's a senior in high school. Forget no. it, Doug. We're giving you the day off. We're giving you the day off. Enjoy the day. You know, the Bears only come to town once every eight years. True, but I also feel like I should be the guy who goes to talk to Justin after the game. Cause like I covered Justin and I feel like our Ohio state audience would want a story about Justin Fields first game as a starter in the NFL. And I'm the person best prepared to do that for us. So I appreciate it, Dan. I'll just tell the boss. <laughs> I'll just say Dan gave me the day off. No field story. <laughs> All right. So as a mother of three children who are now 25, getting ready to turn 23 on Saturday, on Sunday game day, happy birthday, Celeste. And my 21-year-old, who, by the way, did get her car stolen last week at Ohio State, but got it back. Uh, (laughs) Got it back. Um, So as a mother of all these children, um, you're not going to get a moment like this back. So I would spend that time in the stands with her. And if you can find a way to also work, you know, that's basically been the story of my life. Bring my computer with me wherever I go. Mom prom, you know, writing a Johnny Manziel story <laughs> on the way down to mom prom. Uh, you know, I, like if, if there, I could have been a, I could have been a sitcom. I could have been a Netflix series, you know, the sports writer mom. But um, so, yeah, I would do it. I would, uh, I would spend that time with her. I think that'll be really, really cool. You could even write a little essay about that. So it's work even while you're in the first half because that father daughter leaving the nest mm. justin Fini, there's there's a there's an essay in there a few tear bring your tissues yeah. um right but um yeah so i would do that and then i would also work because that's how we're wired okay i mean we're wired to work i, I don't care what anybody says so <laughs> you wouldn't be able to take the day off I, get, I gave you the day off, Mary Kay. I know. I'm like, no, no way. I've not, I, I haven't taken a day off in 30 years. So no, you're not taking the day off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's a, so, okay. All right. All right. I feel good. I might, uh, I might, we, I think we'll be in the stands because she's really, really excited. And it's quite a thing for fans in Ohio, man, for fans in Ohio. I mean, I know it. I've been doing this long enough. There's a lot of people who love the Buckeyes and love the Browns. And so you can yes. go watch. And I think there's a very good chance that you will get a Browns win and some scintillating Justin moments. And it'll be a great day for Ohio football fans. I'm going to throw out my prediction here. So Jarvis Landry, not playing, right? He's out. He's got the, uh, the MCL sprain. Somebody's got to play in the slot. Scott, you mentioned this, I think, in our post-game show uh, on Sunday. So I'm going to throw out Demetric Felton over under 15 snaps in the slot on Sunday. Dan, I was pulling up slot snaps for another player, and I thought, no, I can't talk about this because this is Dan's area to talk about. And then you talked about a different guy in the slot. You, so you were you were looking up Kareem Hunt, weren't you? I, I was doing it for you, man. I was doing I, it for you. I died on that hill publicly in front of everyone. I'm not doing it again. 
So I'm going to go Demetric Felton okay. over under 15 snaps in the slot. Now, wait, before, before we weigh in on this, I'm pretty sure that I invented the getting Demetric Felton and Kareem Hunt onto the field early this season, didn't I? We talked about I that, and I got you, a lot of pushback on it. Got a lot of push. I even designed the play. I'm pretty sure I designed the play. <laughs> so, all right, someone else can go first on this one, but 15 snaps in the slot for Demetric. What do you guys think? I'm taking the under all day long on this. I don't – well, I think uh, he could get to that point at some point in the season, if Landry takes longer than expected to come back, I don't think it's, I don't see them doing that. Uh, I, and we talked about this on, I got to watch the tape. Uh, Ellis kind of ran through top contenders and after hearing him, I'm, I'm really, I'm all in on Higgins being the guy who gets the most, at least from a non tight end standpoint, I think Higgins is more likely to get those kind of snaps. Um, he's just, he's done it. He's proven He's efficient. He catches everything. He gets first down, stuff like that. Uh, I don't think they're ready to, to throw that at, at Felton yet. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. Just a 15 seems a little high. A sprinkling, a sprinkling, maybe. I just, I think 15 seems a little too primary for a young guy. Yeah. It, when they have those plays, I'm sorry, when they have those plays like they did last week where they want a quick throw and somebody to run with it, yeah, he's totally your guy. But from a down to down thing, a guy who has to go out and get open and make the catch, make the big catches, I'm, I feel more comfortable with Higgins. Well, it's, it is a it is a veteran and very aggressive aggressive defense. So I think a little bit of the experience factor might come into play. Fifteen seems a little high to me as well. But here's the thing with this Cleveland Browns offense: we're going to be puzzled every week. Every week we're going to wonder, like, why did Donovan Peoples Jones get one target? And why didn't Demetric Felton play more in the slot? I mean, I think I almost think that they are still going to be working through uh, now that they have some new pieces on this offense with Odell back, Demetric Felton and Anthony Schwartz. I mean, this is, you know, this is different. And I, I think they're in like figure it out mode with who's doing what, when, and I don't even think they know for sure yet. Uh, what their mojo is going to be in November and December. I think it's going to take them half the season to figure out, you know, can we run, you know, can we run a bunch of Odell and Anthony Schwartz to try to get them, you know, behind the defense or does that not work because we put too much on Anthony Schwartz's plate too early and he's not ready for that and they're not falling for it and they're doubling Odell. I mean, I I think they've got to work all that through. Uh, But I think that 15 seems a little bit high for me and I think they'll mix those up a little bit more. It feel it does feel high. I wanted to put the number high just just because. Yeah, sure. Um, so, in honor of Ellis not getting married this weekend, <laughs> I will I will take this as the Ellis Williams mega lock push of the week or whatever it is that he calls it. I say <laughs> like let's say they play sixty offensive snaps. Could Felton end up in the slot on a quarter of them? Maybe I wouldn't be real confident in it, but maybe. And I was on this pod earlier this week saying it's it's okay to pump the brakes on Felton a little bit too after he played three really outstanding snaps and there's a lot of excitement around him. But I, I do think it's something to keep an eye on. Like I said, you know, Mary Kay, you invented the Kareem Hunt Felton play. Scott, you mentioned Felton playing in the slot on Sunday. Um, I, I asked Alex Van Pelt about it today. He said it's it's one of his best positions uh, when when he is playing that receiver role. So just something to keep an eye on over the next few weeks while we wait for Jarvis to come back. Can I, can I jump in next with my slot thing that I already teased because yeah, it's related sure. to it. So we, we Kareem turned this Hunt, into a snake draft. In yeah. <laughs> so Kareem Hunt uh, in 2019, when he played for the first time in the second half of the year, had at least five s- snaps in the slot in seven of the eight games he played. And he was up as high as 10 in some of those. He has not played five snaps in the slot since. None last year, none this year. According to PFF, he's played three total snaps at in the slot this season. Over under five snaps in the slot for Kareem Hunt on Sunday. In the sprinkle, mix, and match, who's going to do it? I'll take the over on five, which would be the first time we've seen it since 2019. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to take the under. 
Dan, Dan, as don't as... up on your principles. Stand strong. Well, there's what <laughs> there's what I want to see, and then there's what I think we'll see. And I think they like to put their running backs. They like to split their running backs out wide, mm-hmm. especially when they're in 13 and they spread out a little bit in 13. They like to put Chubb out wide. They put Janovich out wide sometimes. And I think they like to put Kareem Hunt out wide too, not necessarily in the slot. So I think I'm going to take the under. I, I feel like I, I'm going to take the under too because I sort of feel like it's going to be by committee to a certain degree. And so you'll see some fours, you know, this guy gets four, that guy gets four, that guy gets four. I don't know. I don't know that we're going to see anybody get much more than that. I don't know. We could be wrong. Demetri could get that 15, but I'm going to go under on Kareem. Yeah, I'll go under too. I think uh, Dan's right in how they've been splitting those guys out wide and they like to get their tight ends. Uh, You know, they have three people on one side, two of them are tight ends and it's the running back who's out wide. So that seems to make more sense based on what, what we've seen so far this year. And I guess I'm even thinking of it as like, like him not being the running back who's split up wide. Like, is there any chance on third and three with Chubb in the backfield that Hunt in the slot is a candidate, one of your best options to run a little five-yard route and catch a first down pass on third and three, that he's playing slot receiver. He's not the receiver. He's not the running back split out. Like, is there any chance of that? Or is that the hill that Dan is buried on and we have a marker <laughs> at the top of the hill. Here lies Dan Lobby who wanted Kareem Hunt to be a slot receiver. And we can, I can just walk by and put flowers on Dan's grave up there, but it's not going to happen. Yes. Yeah, so stop by and pay your respects because again, <laughs> it's, it's sort of that semantics thing. Like, could he be the best option? Yeah. I think there's probably some situations where he's the best option, but it's just, we haven't seen anything from this coaching staff that says they, they want that to be what they do in that position. And I think they would go with a different, I think they would go another direction there. And I think part of it is they really like saving Kareem Hunt to be that, that running back, you know, and splitting Chubb and Hunt up and, and not using them a ton together. And when, like we saw last week, they'll put that Hunt and Felton package out there together. I, I think they feel like they can do more when Hunt's out there as a runner, um, as opposed to just sending him out there and, hey, play the slot. The other thing Please. to consider, oh, go ahead, Scott. I was going to say it's third and four. You need someone to kick a, catch a quick first down pass. Who would you rather do, have do it? Kareem Hunt or one of the three tight ends? I'm probably picking all three tight ends on that. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd pick Hunt over. I might pick Hunt over all of them. But then yeah. again. At, at this point, see, now I'm sticking my hand out of the grave and I'm coming you. back. <laughs> <laughs> so I think blocking, I think blocking is going to be a key issue here too with this very aggressive Bears defense. They're going to attack. They're going to try to come after them. Uh, and so I think that matchups are going to be key. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I just think that, I mean, Hunt comes into play there when you're talking about helping out in in the blocking realm but sort of the tight I mean there's so many different things that you can do with this offense that like on any given week they can try 6,000 different combinations and we will drive ourselves crazy trying to figure out what they're going to do because what they are is multiple they are multiple and they're going to stay multiple because not only are they confusing us but they're for sure confusing uh, the opposing defense with who the heck's going to be where and when. And that's one of their biggest assets. And I do think it's, it's going to be fascinating this week because they're dealing with something they've never dealt with before, which is Jarvis Landry being hurt. And we know they had the jets game, but like, that was just such a cluster. This is like, they may, I'd be curious to see if they end up doing things that they kind of don't want to do or that they never would plan to do in an ideal world because they've got to replace Jarvis. And so I, I will, I can't wait to see as we all are saying, it's going to be multiple guys, Mary Kay, right? We don't know what it's going to look like, but I can't wait to see where they land with where those snaps go. Okay, Scott, last one. All right, Nick Chubb is averaging 6.8 yards per carry this season. Uh, had five and a half against the Chiefs, 8.6 against the Texans, so he's at 
for the year. The Bears, rush defense, giving up 3.3 yards per carry, which is ranked fifth, right behind the Browns. They held the Rams to 3.2 per carry. They held Joe Mixon to 3.5 per carry. So my question is, will Nick Chubb average at least five yards per carry against the Bears? It would be a something's got to give scenario. Um, I'm going to say yes. I don't think the Bears have faced the kind of offensive line or the, the runner they're going to face Nick Chubb, but it's still going to be a lot different from those first couple of games against the Bears. They've really done well against the run. Uh, Nick Chubb only held under five yards per game four times last year. Uh, but I think he gets over it. I don't think he's going to come close to that 6.8, but I think he just gets over it enough because I think they're really going to, just for all the things we've talked about on this podcast already, I think he's going to be a, a big part of taking pressure off, doing too much with Odell or having Baker do too much and dealing with, you know, the loss of Landry and all the, you know, that goes into to all these issues. So I'm going to say he does get over five yards to carry, but it's, it's, it's going to be barely over five. Mm, that's a good one. This is a good one, Scott. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over because for some of the things that you mentioned, I don't think they've uh, run into an offensive line like this and they haven't run into Chubb yet. I mean, Joe Mixon is really good, uh, but they don't have this offensive line. I mean, they don't have Batonio and Teller and those guys blasting open holes. And even though this is a good Bears defensive front, I think those guys will still fare very well in run blocking. And Chubb, with the way they keep him fresh, even if, I mean, it might take him till the fourth quarter to get to this point, but he's going to rip off that long run in the fourth quarter that he always does. He's going to rip off that long run and he's going to get there. So I'm going over. Yeah, I'll buy that. I agree with everything you guys said. I think that makes sense. I, I think it just speaks to Nick Chubb that you can set this at five yards per carry. And it's like, what? You're crazy. <laughs> like, we, we don't think Scott's crazy for this. And, and I was just curious, Scott, you cited last year. Um, I pulled up his career game logs. And in 46 games, he's gone over five yards of carry 26 times. So it's more than half his games. And then, of course, that includes that incredible Oakland game where he averaged 35 yards per carry on his three carries. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's – you always talk about who don't you want to bet against, right? You don't want to bet against Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to bet against certain people. You don't want to be in that position watching a football game. Nick Chubb averaging under five yards of carry. You almost don't want to be in that position. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the over here. I, I will say I, I think it will come down to, how, to him getting a lot of carries. Like, in the closer to the 20 – you know, getting like 18, 19 carries, because even though he does break a lot of runs, the Bears have been really good at limiting those explosive plays that he kind of lives off of. Like the Browns are the best in the league this year at uh, guarding against explosive plays. The Bears are second, especially uh, running plays that are explosive, those, those 10 to 15 beyond running plays. So I think it's probably going to come down to him getting a lot of carries, or at least more than – he normally does not 25, but the 18 to 19 range. Um, but again, he does get a lot of rest. So maybe he does end up breaking one late. Okay. So let's get into this game here. Uh, we've got the Browns favored by seven uh, as I'm checking this here on Thursday and the over under at 45 and a half. That always challenges me in the math department to figure this one out. Um, so no one is picking the Bears, like, outright. No one's picking the Bears, correct? We can at least establish that, that we all think the Browns will be 2-1. and one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So now, so now the question is, do they win by more than a touchdown? And I think they do. You know, I kind of expected the Texans game to go this way, but maybe this is the week where it's just sort of this methodical, we're going to overwhelm a rookie quarterback on defense and just sort of – do what we need to do on offense. And at the end of the day, the Browns win by two or three scores. Yeah, I think so. I think one of the things, and, and, and again, maybe I've made way too much out of this, but I think they now they've had time to regroup after losing uh, Anthony Walker on Friday last week. And I think that just kind of screwed them up. And now they have that figured out. 
so I think you're going to see a much better defensive performance because they're, they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready for that. And they know they, I mean, they had had to figure out third down. They've got to get uh, miles unleashed. And I just think they're going to play better defensively. I really do. And they're going to, they're going to do everything they possibly can to, um, you know, to confuse and, and mess up Justin Fields. I think they're, I think they'll cover. And in terms of, I'm going to take the over on the points. Yeah, I agree with that. I have 31-17. I think Justin will make a few plays, as I said, and I think he's a young quarterback, and they'll get him a few times. And you know, big play on defense. I don't know that. I mean, he he, he doesn't. He's not as prone to picks, but he. I think he will. Maybe a strip sack for Miles kind of thing. So I just the Browns have scored 29 and 31 in their first two games. So like, I think. I'm, I'm right there in that range. So I'm at 31. So I'm at 31, 17, which is over and the Browns covering. Yeah. I'm in that same ballpark, 28, 14, 31, 17, I think two score game. Um, again, I'm, I'll be surprised if, if it's not more tense than it needs to be going into the fourth quarter. Um, but they should win this game. I just, I'm not sure. My, my original was 28-14. I'd be surprised if they get much more than that. I think the Bears have a good defense, but I just don't think the Bears are going to score much on the Browns. So, two-score game, though. Yeah, I was trying to remember. I said Justin Fields would get two touchdowns. So I was thinking of going like 31-10, but I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> so I'll go like 34. I'll do 34-17 uh, for, for this one. I went to a uh, dinner last night and uh, a gentleman at this dinner is listens to our podcasts faithfully. Yes. So that was cool. Loves them. Um, But is very, very upset with us that we're not doing predictions this year. And like opens up the paper, looks on social media for all of our Browns predictions and is, is very mad at us. Have you guys, has anybody else gotten any word or feedback on that? I have not. No. Okay. Yeah. I, I heard from one person and it's, and it was me cause I had the best picks last year. So I wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, was this person, by the way, Mary Kay, was this person named Derek for real? Because on mm-hmm. our Apple podcast reviews, Derek for real gave us five stars and said he grew up a Cleveland sports fan, but because of us said, so because of you guys, I have been obsessed all caps obsessed with the Browns this offseason. You wrote this on September 15th, so the season had started, but whatever. Uh, Cleveland Browns football is on my mind 24-7. This show is the best. Thank you all. So it's not just a guy who was... Browns should hire us to do some marketing, man. We're like making people obsessed with this team. (laughs) That's right. All right. So there you go. Our prediction podcast here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you leave us those five-star reviews as well on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber, the blue banner at the top of the page at cleveland.com slash browns. For Mary Kay, Doug, and Scott, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.